0: How the heck is everyone? Welcome back to q to me with me, Colleen Brown. Hope everyone had a gentle holiday season and found space and time to honor themselves. I know I did. I was luckily able to take 14 days off in a row, which I have not done, I don't think ever in my career. I saved up a lot of PTO, so that was really nice. I'm not gonna lie, this is the second time recording this episode. Still learning, we're still growing. I'm not frustrated or mad at all that I recorded for an hour and, and now I'm doing it again. But it's fine, we're fine, we're good. I honestly think this one could benefit from a re record because. There's lots of information and I feel like I was kind of stumbling over my words. Plus, after every episode, I always think of like things I want to add. So I was able to sprinkle some more things throughout. So we're going to get right into it and we're going to pretend this isn't the second time. But I am super excited. This episode is The Grinch and Goodbye to 2023. You've heard me talk about The Grinch before, specifically Baby Grinch. We're going to get into all things Grinch related, but I kind of want to just talk about the end of the year, share a couple stories, and then we'll get into more light-hearted things. Can we just talk about how 2023 was the year of hell? I don't know if that's just for me, but I feel like a majority of people that I've talked to, especially in the last month when talking about the new year, have just been so excited to put 2023 behind and move into 2024. 2024 is the year of karma. If you do not know this, I will tell you why. If you are into numerology, there's various numbers that mean different things. But 2024 essentially adds up to the number eight, which is the karma. So throwing that out there, look it up. Very excited about the year of karma. So I'm hoping that 2024 will be really prosperous and joyful for us all. So not trying to be a downer, but 2023 was tough. Next week I am gonna go into New York New Year's, excuse me, New Year's parties, traditions, resolutions. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit. I feel like New Year's has changed so much and it evolved so much from your childhood to adult life. And I feel very geriatric with my New Year's planning now. So I do not know how that will go in the future. I'll probably just end up asleep by 8 p.m. And I just feel like 2023 was a great year of learning and challenges to overcome, but I've lived, I've learned, I've grown, I've failed, I persevered, and I'm just really ready to take those lessons into 2024. Something I observed over the holiday season is how different gift receiving and giving is as an adult. And also for some people, Christmas is truly, really about presents and nothing's wrong with that. I'm live your life, live your gifts, live your presents. Obviously many of these holidays are harm, hallmark holidays to get, to make money and capitalism and all those great things. But I, I don't know, something happened and I had an encounter and I wanted to share it. It's just kind of funny, but it made me think It just gave me kind of a different perspective and made me think from my past. Um, But it's just funny to me now, as I'm an adult, when other adults ask me if I got any good presents. I don't know what it is, but I had someone who was another adult. I had a couple people, actually, who their first thing, and, you know, instead of like, how was your time off? Or did you enjoy the holiday season? Was, did you get any good presents? And it just made me laugh a little, little and think back at my own experiences growing up and just how I've gotten presents or given presents over the year. Um, so side note, this could very well be a topic that I probably need to address in therapy about receiving gifts, Um, but we can get into that in another time. We should probably do an episode, by we I mean me, because I do this podcast, should do an episode about the five love languages. I need to write that down. Um, but I don't know when it comes to gift giving, like growing up. I I feel like I, my I had the classic like, you know, you don't you get gifts you need, not gifts you want. Like I can just like hear that coming from my dad, but. Neither of my parents were, like, really extravagant gift givers. To be real, my mom never had the money to buy us gifts. I shared in the previous episode that we often get, like, library books and Bibles and things that my mom finds on the boulevard, which is great. I really appreciate the sentiment. And I'm not trying to complain here, but it is just interesting. Everyone grows up so different. And my dad, he often would make... I remember vividly wrapping my own gifts, which is funny too. And again, I'm not trying to be like selfish or unappreciated, but my experience might be relatable to someone else's or very different from yours. But my dad was great. He always put up a tree for us and would decorate the house. Sometimes he'd leave the decorations up all year and he would have gifts for us. But like his strength was definitely not gift giving. And I would tell him like exactly what I needed and I would wrap it myself most of the time. Um, But it is very, very much a privilege to be able to receive gifts and to be able to give gifts as well. And so I was just reflecting on that You know, many people and, you know, as I mentioned before, you hear your parents say, we never got toys, we got things, we needed like a new pair of shoes. And that's kind of like my experience. Of course, I got like toys and things like that. But I never was someone who got like big extravagant gifts. It was like you get things that you need, things you need from school, maybe if you're doing a sport, and then you're lucky if you get like a toy or something else. But looking back as a child, you know, we are also like naively unaware of the bigger picture and we're really selfish, right? Like we don't realize how much giving gifts is the toll it has on as an adult because there's so much pressure from society about giving gifts and about receiving gifts, especially around the holiday times and Christmas. It's just a really big time commitment from, like, a parent or an adult perspective or a guardian. Just the cleaning of the house, the hosting, elf on the shelf, making everything special, and then the gifts, and then the money you spend to make all of this happen. Now, as I'm an adult and I pay for my expenses on my own, I'm like, imagine if I had, like, two full kids to, like, make this magical season, But my whole point to this story is is that, like, not everyone receives gifts on holidays. Not everyone is going and going to different vacations or or on planes. People, People might not have the ability to get back home or to see their friends and loved ones. Not everyone is traveling and not everyone is with their friends or family at all. Some people do spend the holidays alone. And I'm pointing this out because I think it's important to have that perspective, especially with social media. I mean, even myself, I kind of tried to lay low on social media during the holidays because sometimes it can cause me anxiety. It can make me feel like I'm behind. It can make me feel like my experiences aren't, quote, good enough, which isn't true. They're just different than other people's. Um, This is isn't meant to be a sad story. It's kind of funny. It's a true one. Um, but I think it's worth sharing as it's on topic with this. But I remember exactly when I found out that Santa wasn't real and it all goes back to gifts, right? Cause I equated Christmas with gifts, right? Santa with gifts. That's, that's how I celebrated Christmas. Um, you know, and this probably happened in like second or third grade right the hallmark holiday thrives on gift giving and overspending and i remember being at my mom's house um christmas eve and during this time my mom was in the midst of her addiction you know in and out of different rehabs not the best let's just be real abusive relationships she didn't have a lot of money we were living you know, on food stamps. And so Christmas is obviously rough. If you're already in that type of state, it's hard to provide a Christmas or to even take care of yourself. And I just remember waking up and not having any presents. Like my brother and I woke up and there wasn't anything wrapped. There wasn't any presents. I don't even think there was a Christmas tree. I mean, this was a rough, there's a rough couple patches of year where my mom was really, really struggling um, financially and and independently. And, you know, we lived in poverty, you know, we lived in houses that got foreclosed on. And, you know, I wasn't upset that I didn't get presents. Luckily, you know, I kind of had experiences in both because my dad, and my dad's side of the family, you know, I would get gifts from him and get gifts from my grandma, right? But it is kind of jarring as a child to wake up and not have anything, you know, and again, I realize my privilege because there are so many people and so many children and adults that like where this isn't even possible. So again, calling out the privilege of just receiving um gifts. But I just remember feeling sad and I remember feeling really alone. You know, growing up in Woodbury, a richer suburb, that was what you would talk about, right? Every time kids get back to school after Christmas break or winter break, you talk about presents because we're kids, right? That's that's our main focus here. And it felt, I remember being very alone in this experience and I don't really think I've talked about it much with many people, but this whole conversation about someone asking me about my presents, like tr- tr- honestly probably had a trigger for me, right? And it brought me back to being young and not receiving anything. And I remember feeling sad, mainly because Santa wasn't real. Like, that was the big disappointment for me. And it felt like my childhood was fading. And again, I was probably in second or third grade. So I was, and I have an older brother. So I had an inclination that Santa wasn't real. But you know how it is. Like, even when you're growing up, your parents put from Santa on presents anyways, right? To like, they still do that, I'm sure, for many of you until the day that we die which is great, but it did feel lonely, and it felt kind of sad, and again, it wasn't anything shocking to me because I have an older brother, and I feel like he for sure knew Santa wasn't real, and again, I'm not sharing this, it's a little bit sad, and I'm not looking for like any sympathy or empathy, but my whole point is that from children's to adults, holidays, presents, vacations, and experiences look very, very different, Not one is right or wrong, but it just reminded me to phrase and ask questions differently. You know, just even like when you're returning to work or whatever holiday it may be or celebration or birthday or even just a random day. I think it is important to choose your words and to say things instead of like, oh, how was your holiday? Or did you get any good gifts? Or did you go on any vacations? You know, like you're assuming that that's what people might be doing because maybe that's what it looks like for you. But it can be more of like, I hope you enjoyed your time off, right? Or like, I hope you had a restful um, vacation because it looks so different from everyone. Even when I do take PTO, people often ask me if I'm traveling somewhere girl in 2023 I was not going on vacations because I didn't have the money to do so. So when I took time off, I was most likely staying home, um which is exactly what I did this Christmas and I really enjoyed it. So I think it's just important and it's mindful mindfulness for all of us and even just rephrasing can make a really big difference. And this year has been rough and tough for many people. Inflation is at an all-time high and it just is a gentle reminder to be kind and to know that you know we don't really know what people are experiencing and how we phrase questions can really make a difference in how someone might perceive something but it's also about not assuming that they're doing the same things as you so sob story but I will say, as an adult, it's much more fun giving gifts anyways. It's just better. I feel like you can be more meaningful and thoughtful. Like, you remember those gifts. You know, I I don't really, I mean, I don't think I've ever, I mean, okay, I'm like an average person. So it's like I haven't received, like, any, like, designer things that are super expensive. But I feel like the gifts I remember are the ones that are much more sentimental and meaningful to me like my grandma made me a pair of gloves with my initial on it probably in high school and i still have them and that's like one of my most like prized possessions and something that i'll keep with me forever and also as an adult like we most likely purchase everything we need ourselves like it's fun getting little extra things especially things that are on our wish list but ultimately it's like if i need something i'm most likely gonna give it get it myself it's also really really fun to give a gift to a child that is amazing i highly recommend if you haven't um or if you're looking for like volunteer opportunities especially around the holidays and giving gifts or being able to participate in like serving dinner or going to um, different like churches or other communities where you can donate gifts that is quite amazing. And you just know that you're giving it to a child who's going to so appreciate it. Um, this means so much to them because they're not getting that elsewhere. I remember experiencing that myself. Um, my mom took my brother and I one Christmas to a church in Woodbury and they were doing like a holiday party um, for like, you know, financially <laughs> needy I don't know what the best word is financially needy doesn't sound but the greatest but like basically people who needed help for the holidays or didn't have a holiday or weren't able to give gifts and I remember going there and like being sat at different tables and they fed us dinner and then they kind of like they would bring a gift out they were like never wrapped or anything but they were just like oh you're a you're a girl here are some gift ideas like pick which one I remember being extremely embarrassed um, because I saw one of my classmates and I'm like, oh no, they're going to see that I'm here and I don't want people to know this or I don't know why I felt embarrassed. I think that makes sense as a kid to feel embarrassed about something like that. But now as an adult, when I'm able to do those things and donate, it just heals parts of me and parts of my childhood because now I'm able to be someone that I needed when I was a kid, like I'm able to give a gift to another child, and that's one of the most rewarding feelings. So, highly recommend if you haven't done it, um, or during a holiday or thought about doing it. It's really, really, really rewarding. Okay, didn't mean to sound like the Grinch. I feel like I kind of sounded like a Grinch with the present thing. It was kind of a mini therapy session, but I needed to get it out, and I felt like it was worth worth sharing. So, drumroll please. We're getting into the Grinch. Let's go. I don't know how you could be unfamiliar with the Grinch, but if you are, I will give you some brief descriptions and a little bit about the Grinch's background story. The Grinch is a fictional character created by the children's author and cartoonist Dr. Seuss. He's best known as the main character of the 1957 children's book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Explanation Point. Now, you'll hear me say Explanation Point because I found interesting is that some of these titles about the Grinch have exclamation points and some don't. And I don't really know why, but you'll see the trend. The Grinch is described as green, furry, pot-bellied, pear shape, a snub-noise creature with a cat-like face and cynical personality. Um, Typically in adaptations, he's color green and he spent the last 53 years living in seclusion off a cliff overlooking the town of Whoville. Also, 53 years? I did not know the Grinch was 53 years old. He seemed a little chipper than that, but here we go. So I what I really wanted to do is kind of like look at all of the ways the Grinch has been portrayed in films or television specials. But there is a lot. So I only was able to do a select few. My favorite Grinch is Baby Grinch or I guess Adult Grinch too, from How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Ron Howard. That's the Jim Carrey version. And we'll save that for later because that's the best but I was honestly surprised at how many times the Grinch has been portrayed. Again, like I said, I wanted to watch as much Grinch content as I could, but I have a good reason on why I skipped a few, and you will find out why when I get into this. Okay, so first major skip, this is the title. It is called The Mean One, which came out in 2022. You guessed it, it's a horror thriller movie about the Grinch now you're probably asking why and you know what we'll never know because there is no good explanation i don't know who came up with this idea but it became a movie it is something that you can watch and here's kind of like the synopsis of the movie in a sleepy town cindy's parents are murdered and her christmas is stolen by a bloodthirsty green figure in a red santa suit you know that's all i needed to read to immediately decide it's gonna be a big no for me. And you know what? If you watch it, let a girl know how it was, but I will not be wasting my brain cells on that one, but I want everyone to know that that came out in 2022. So that was recent. Another big skip for me was The Grinch, the musical Explanation Point, which came out in 2020 with Matthew Morrison as The Grinch. That's right. As in, glee choir teacher Matthew Morrison, he plays the Grinch. I might be a hater, but I couldn't do it. I mean, it it literally got a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. And now, I don't think Rotten Tomatoes is right about everything, which we'll dive into later in a couple of moments, but I think they got this one right. 13%, it's pretty rotten. And I just couldn't do it. I don't know. Ever since Matthew Morrison, like, has like did anything after Glee I don't know it just is like cringy to me and I think other people feel similar but it's not that I don't like him but all I can think about is him being a choir teacher for the Glee students. Okay so let's get into the the movies and TV adaptations that I did actually watch. So the Grinch first appears in How the Grinch Stole Christmas Explanation Point in 1966. Um, the Grinch is voiced by Boris Karloff, if I'm saying that right, Karloff, who played the monster in The Bride of Frankenstein. That was something new. I did not know that. Um, and Dr. Seuss did not want to cast Boris originally because he thought he would be too scary for a children's adaptation, right? A children's story. But it ended up working out, and I I think that we all know that this classic, Grinch in the story and I think the voice is actually perfect I really enjoy Boris's voice so this cartoon is only 30 minutes but it took 10 months and 25,000 drawings to create Um, Chuck Jones one of the directors very famous animator and director he's best known for his work with Warner Brothers cartoons the Looney Tunes so he was a director um on this TV special and he modeled Cindy Lou Who after his own granddaughter Valerie and I thought that was very cute to me. I love this Grinch. I think it's really classic. It's just perfect. It's short and sweet and the um, animation is just it just reminds me of like old school movies. It's just so classic and it and this got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes which I'm very happy about because all Grinch adaptations, unless they're bad, should be getting 100% because the Grinch is the true treasure. I really think this, this for sure was my first introduction to Dr. Seuss, um, or maybe it was this character that I really liked, but I vividly remember watching this Grinch in the cartoon and it brought back so many memories. I think cartoons like that too remind me of the Peanuts cartoon and the Peanuts um, specials, it reminds me of all those Christmas cartoons like Rudolph and Jack Frost. There's just something really like takes me back to my childhood and reminds me of like being in my grandparents' house and like sitting on the floor and like watching it. I highly recommend this one. I think it's the one that everyone should play and have on repeat because it's only 30 minutes. It's just heartwarming and meaningful um, and non Next, we have How the Grinch Stole Christmas, no exclamation point, 2000. This came out in 2000 with Jim Carrey, directed by Ron Howard. The Ron Howard. I mean, this is what's crazy to me because, like, I knew Ron Howard directed this, but I didn't really, like, take a step back and, like, think about other movies that he's directed. But he directed A Beautiful Mind, Apollo 13, lots of very like critically acclaimed movies and then the grinch and i kind of love that i love that like he did it and he did it really well and you know he's like an oscar award-winning director and i'm pretty sure actor too and he he did the grinch i love it this is by far my favorite mostly by default but it's definitely my favorite we had this on vhs at my mom's house and it was a part of the rotation you know your vhs rotation We probably had like five to six VHSs that we just rotated a lot. And this was in it. I remember watching this all seasons with my brother. I remember like singing the songs. I I really, really loved this adaptation. I even had the Cindy Lou Who doll that's based on this film. I, I got it for Christmas. I must have really, really enjoyed it. But she was, she had a dress like with her cute red coat and her pink gloves and her hairs braided all up on top of her head and pigtails and honestly biggest regret is i don't know where that doll is i don't know if i still have it i doubt that i do but that cindy luhu doll based on this movie changed my life and she made a big impact on me and it's probably considered vintage now because this movie did come out 23 years ago but I would like to find the doll and possibly get another one. I also just think the cast in this is really good. You have Jim Carrey, you have Molly Shannon, Jeffrey Tambor. My personal fave is Kelly the dog. You, the list goes on. Very, very good um, cast. And I could really go on and on about this film because it's just so good. And there was there's so much like behind-the-scenes information. And most of the stuff I just look up on IMBD. But I need to focus on The Grinch. What I think I like the most about this film is that all the other films, we don't really see a lot of the stages of the Grinch. and this, you're able to see baby, kind of like young adolescent Grinch, and then adult Grinch, who's apparently 53 years old. Baby Grinch appears less than five minutes in the film, but the impact is forever. Even as a baby, what I think is funny, as I was rewatching this with some of my friends, is that even... Right from the beginning, when we first see baby Grinch, he's already, like, a menace. So, if you didn't know, babies come to Whoville in their Pumbercella, and his Pumbercella is ratty and dirty. There's, like, holes in it. His Pumbercella even runs into another baby and knocks the baby's... um, there, it, it's like a basket with an umbrella on it. The pumpercella knocks the pumpercella out, of course, and then he's like laughing, like all like mischievous, so cute. But from right off the bat, right before we even like get the image of Baby Grinch, we see the Grinch and their and its attitude and how it's different than the other Who's and Whoville. And I just really like that because we really get a sense of why the Grinch is who he is when we see the younger versions of himself. Because as we know, childhood trauma follows, follows us everywhere. And I maybe that's the meaning of this film. No, it's not. There's other meanings. And honestly, I can't blame the guy for turning out the way that he was. I mean, he was ostracized when he arrived to Whoville as a baby. I mean right away he was different and I think this is a prime example of you are a product of your environment. If he had more love poured into him and he was more accepted in society and was actually looked at as a who, I think he'd be different. But then we wouldn't have this great story of the menacing potbellied Grinch. and. That's what I learned from this amazing film, which honestly should have won an Oscar, is that when you pour love and kindness, like the way Cindy Lou Who did, it allows people to be seen and heard, which is why his heart was able to grow, because he received and he was able to open his heart and let people in. And I think that's a really wonderful and beautiful message. Another thing that is interesting... About Cindy Lou, is that in the book, she's described as no older than two years old. But in like all other adaptations, she is clearly like a six, seven year old child. So, and then I thought about that and I was like, wow, two year old Cindy Luhu doing all the things that she did? I'm like, girl, you were like hiking up mountains and talking to the Grinch. And she was only two in the book. So she must have been a genius two year old. But that's an interesting thing to think about is that a two-year-old was working with like a 53-year-old Grinch and she wasn't afraid of him at all. I mean, even as a six-year-old, it's funny, but I love Cindy Lou Who's character. I, I think the like innocence of a child and I you see that in children, right? Like she didn't have any reason to be afraid or upset with the Grinch besides what the Who's were telling her. And she allowed herself to get to know him as a person. And I honestly think it's quite beautiful. It's such a good story. By far my favorite Grinch movie. However, it is only rated 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which honestly, who, who is doing this? Who I, I need to like sue someone. This must be rigged. Because I don't get it. There's no further explanation on how this only got 49%. In my heart, it's 100. And we're just going to go with that. It, Rotten Tomatoes, in my heart, 100% by far my favorite Grinch movie. Watch it over and over again. Put on the subtitles and just enjoy. It's so good. Also, Grinch soundtrack. And I think there's Faith Hill. She covered Where Are You Christmas? Cry. Tears. Okay, I need to stop because I'll go on and on about this Grinch movie. So I watched the cartoon version, I watched the 2000 Jim Carrey version, and then the very last Grinch that I watched was The Grinch. It's called Dr. Seuss's The Grinch 2018 with Benedict Cumberbatch as The Grinch. Somehow, this was rated higher than the 2000 version at 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, rigged. I actually really did enjoy this one. Um, Naturally, I went into it mad and annoyed because I'm really kind of annoyed and sick of all of these remakes. Hashtag Wonka, which I can talk about too. But I will say this remake did not make me angry. I actually really like this one. The cast is really good. You have Cumberbatch, Rashida Jones, Pharrell. Pharrell is the narrator, which I really loved. This movie was created by Illumination, which they do, they're the production company that does Despicable Me, and they partner with Universal Studios, so the animation is on point. Cumberbatch does not use his British accent, Um, and I I looked up why he didn't use his British accent, Um, and I guess there hasn't been a british grinch necessarily or if the actor was they changed their voice and he felt like because all the actors were american that he was going to do an american accent but i honestly i wonder if it would work with a british grinch i guess i mean he's a who from whoville so he can really have the who accent what i liked about this is because it came out in 2018 and the grinch has been around since 1966. there's so much history So there's lots of Easter eggs throughout the movie um, with hints of past Grinch adaptations um, and the Illumination movies. Like you'll see little things from like Secret Lives of Pets or even Despicable Me. um, And they'll make past references to older versions of the Grinch, which I really enjoyed throughout the movie. One thing that caught my attention is that Martha May is not in this first version. Now, Martha May Huvier is in the 2000 version, and I love Martha May. I love that the Grinch is in love with her and that they fall back in love after their childhood romance, aka classroom romance, but I was kind of shocked that Martha May wasn't in this version. So I looked it up, and the writers felt like the love interest of the voluptuous, their words, the voluptuous Martha May wasn't in the direction they wanted to go with the script. Which, honestly, I don't really blame them because maybe the cartoon version and it's more geared towards kids. Because the 2000 version, Martha May is a little, like, a little bit voluptuous and kind of sexy, but not in a bad way. I think you, like, I never noticed that as a kid. I only ever noticed it as an adult. But it wasn't distracting to me. It, It was more of, like, this is Martha May and she's a baddie and everyone loves her and as they should. But... She's not in this version, which was slightly disappointing. But overall, it was really well done. I love the foreshadowing. This isn't giving anything away because we all know that the Grinch's, the big ending of the Grinch is that his heart grows three times his size. But I noticed um, right away in this film that they, the frozen lake that they show is heart-shaped. So it's giving us a little inclination that his heart would grow. Again, this will never replace the 2000 Jim Curry, Jim Curry, Jim Carrey, but it's a close third. I'm going to rate Jim Carrey's version as the best, then Boris's as second cartoon version, and this would be my third 2018 cartoon with Benedict Cumberbatch. And I just think my love for the Grinch will continue to grow, but I'm honestly like we need to stop with all these adaptations. Speaking of adaptations, want to talk about Wonka real quick because I saw that over the holidays. And honestly, I was not as upset. I actually thought it was pretty good. I went into it. I'm not going to lie, everyone. I went into it being like, this is going to suck. Like me and my, my family went to the movies on Christmas and we were like, This is going to be funny. Like, we're going to laugh. Like, we're going to this movie because it's kind of a joke. And it actually turned out out being pretty good. I think there was lots of things that led me to believe that it wasn't going to be good. Like, that it was a musical. Hugh Grant was an Oompa Loompa. Is Timothy Chalamet too cringe to do this role? But I actually really liked it. By far the best character is Noodle, who is you would say is Wonka's partner and friend throughout the film and kind of helps him get his chocolate business going. But yeah, it was good. The visuals and set design and costuming was great. The acting was good. Definitely more of a kid's movie with a musical twist. Probably not young, young kids, but like kids who can appreciate a musical and sit through musicals. I don't know. Was that like first grade and beyond? I don't know. I don't have kids that age, but definitely a good one. If you don't want to go see it in theaters, wait for it to come out and just see it and see what you think. It's not good as the older versions, but they didn't royally mess it up. It wasn't really either like too much of a backstory that also kind of surprised me. It was more a moment of time. It was like only like showing us a couple week of Wonka's life when he returned to get. To figure out how he was going to build his um chocolate shop so those are my little spoilers there but not as bad as i thought so some adaptations can be really good going back to the grinch my brother recently sent me an article about baby grinch this is going to be weird but you know what do you expect from us but baby baby grinch was animatronic it's an animatronic Puppet. So you know the scene in the two thousand version where he's like Santa, bye bye, and he bites the Santa plate. That's all a puppet that was animatronic. And so, my brother, I don't know how he found stumbled across this, but he found the baby Grinch head, which is like called a skin. They use like a skin to create the head. And then he also, then I was able to find the animatronic baby Grinch puppet. And let me just tell you, these things are all, they were all auctioned off. And let me just tell you, their prices were disrespectful for what they were selling for. And honestly, should have invested. They were only selling the Grinch head, the baby Grinch head for $600 to $800. And the animatronic puppet for $2,000 to $3,000. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking these are going for like $50,000 or more. I mean, that I just might... Maybe I'm the only one who truly appreciates this movie for what it is, but I feel like that's kind of cheap. Um, that's what they were selling them for. I personally think they should go for more money, but I'm not kidding you when I say that Like I might need to invest in this in the future. But it got me thinking, Like when I was thinking about The Grinch and Whoville, I was like, is there a real Whoville? because, um, if there is, I need to go. Um, it's obviously a fictional town, so I can't, like, actually go there, but I was, like, is there Hooville vibe somewhere I can go to? I think that they did, um, like, Universal Studios had its very own Hooville, but I don't believe they have it anymore, from my understanding. I was trying to see if I could find it, but, um, I don't know. I don't know if it still exists, but if it does, they were saying that The Grinch Stole Christmas and the mono, the mono remake of The Grinch is a Whoville experience at Universal Studios, but I don't remember seeing it when I was there. Maybe I just missed it, and if that's the case, then I need to go back, but I couldn't find exactly where it would be. Also, there are places that they say reference. Whoville and one of them was Breckenridge, Colorado. I've never been to Breckenridge. If you have been, please let me know if it makes you feel like Whoville because then I need to also go there. But I really wish there was a real Whoville and that we could all visit because I think that would be so fun. But I don't know, you guys, if it exists or like if the set still exists or is it still up, but... Yeah, it's... Oh, no, nope, I just looked it up. It ha, it was in 2020 during COVID. The Whoville set was demolished and replaced with cars. It was replaced with cars? Ugh, that's so boring. But I don't know. They just clearly don't respect... Give the Grinch the respect it deserves. I think there should be, like, a whole Whoville, like... Park for us to go to. Okay, I clearly you guys are all probably like, dude, you have a, kind of a problem with how much you like The Grinch, but I just want to live in whoville I want to go into the Snowflake. I want to see all the pretty lights and the snow and the costumes. And I imagine if like your life in whoville was just always focusing on like Christmas and that's all you cared about, like that seems kind of simple and beautiful. But I love The Grinch. I love I love that idea of being able to go to Hooville. Okay, so this episode has gotten a little bit long and out of control with all things Grinch and Whoville, which maybe we need to do a whole other episode on. But I need to stop myself because I will keep going. Anyways, like I said, I'm very looking forward to 2024. Again, did anyone have an easy 2023? I feel like they didn't. And I talked a little bit about resolutions in my last episode, and I'm going to talk about them more in the next episode, which is more dedicated to New Year's. But I just wanted to share that my resolution this year is to be kinder to myself. I feel like if I have resolutions or goals that are like crazy or too unobtainable, um, I'm constantly left with disappointment. And I'm always kind of re- I, in the last couple of years, I'm always trying to like throughout the year, like reevaluate my goals and to actually like make tangible goals and be able to cross them off a list. And I feel like if I can be kinder to myself and have a goal like that, that kindness will seep into all other aspects of my life, which will then seep into my goals, right? I feel like the more I can honor myself and my worth and be kind, the more achievable my goals will be. So that's one of my resolutions this year. I just want to say cheers to Baby Grinch, and I hope 2024 is a whole lot better than 2023. I will be able to chat with you all and see you all next week. I am trying to get back on my every Monday schedule. I'm going to blame the holidays on this one, but to be honest, Christmas and New Year's were both on a Monday. And then this didn't record, so I kind of dropped the ball last week because I was hoping to have this out on New Year's Day. But we're learning. We're progressing. I need to work on my consistency. So next week's title will be New Year, Same Makeup, so be ready for that. And honestly, have a great night. Have a great week. As I would write in yearbooks, Lila's. And I hope everyone has a good night.